Disrupt Education vlog can be found on YouTube. To hear it in podcast form, search Disrupt Education on any of the following podcast platforms. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Spotify, or Stitcher. Frank Miller returns, it's a battle of the guys. Superman, Bruce Wayne, pockets full of wads. The Dark Knight in his habitat, Jason with the rat attack. Clark can't possess a laser attack. Uh. Katana's on a dead back, pool full of blood. Gang banging on the flood. Whips stay superior. Hydro Man remains inferior. Universal crews with a silver exterior. Red skull pinned on the chest, got a black mask. Hail Hydra. Harley Quinn, girl, I love when I'm inside ya. Agent Carter's up next, Central Time, bruh. Welcome to this episode of Disrupt Education. Danny Cullen in the house. Pleasure it's to be here. the second time uh, we're going through throwbacks. Nice. Uh, numbers 11 through 20. And guess who's number 11? This guy. <laughs> so we're going to jump right into uh, his number 11. And then we'll come back from that and uh, take a look and uh, talk a little bit about what he said over and over and over again. Even today he <laughs> said it. Let's get it. Let's All right, let's it. roll it. That's Aubrey because... Um, a lot of people, they look at their career with a dollar sign. What can I do to make the most money? And I think Jim Carrey had this famous quote, I wish everybody would be rich and famous so they could realize that it's not the answer to everything, right? right. right? And it's not the answer to solve all the problems in the world. More money is equal to more problems yep. at the end of the day. You know, I would say find out what you love. Find out what your passion is. Be patient. Try different things. Yep. Try different things. I know Gary Vee says this all the time. Yep. I don't know that these kids or people in general have tried enough things. Right. They just haven't tried enough things. How the heck do you know what you like if you haven't tried enough things? Right. So try different things. Find out what really drives you. Find out what you're passionate about. Find out what could help other people. Find mm-hmm. out what help. Find out what could what could help yourself. Uh, be a better person and contribute to society in the best way possible. And uh, triple down on that, as Gary Vee says. I love it. More money, more problems. More money, more problems. Um, Students need more exposure to a bunch of different things Sure, constantly. So you just said that tonight as we were talking before we started filming. Yeah. And that was filmed, what, a year, year and a half ago? Yeah, a little bit over a year ago, for sure. Yeah. So um, tell me a little bit more about that message. Are we giving kids enough experiences in high school, in post-secondary? You know, every individual is going to be different. Mm-hmm. Number one. So like maybe there are people that get excited about trying a bunch of different things. And then maybe there are people that just need to kind of try things at their own slow and steady pace. Right. You know, maybe it's it's a bunch of different things over the course of 10 years. Right. For me, it's a bunch of different things <laughs> in a course of a year, right. you know. Yeah. But like I'm, <laughs> I'm getting a taste of a lot of different things personally. And the more that I experience... You know, the more I learn, right? And it it, it goes tandem with having an open mind. It, it, it's it's a, there's a lot of different factors. Mm-hmm. And your you know your original question is, are we giving enough opportunities to kids? Um, I mean, I think the opportunities are there. Mm-hmm. You know, they just gotta soul search and, and figure out what they want, right? And then go after it. You know, I say a lot of times like. You have the, you know, a lot of, some kids don't, but a lot, many kids, they have the opportunity for better. Mm-hmm. You just have to find that journey. If you want it bad enough. Right, right. right? Yeah. And if you don't want it bad enough, you'll find excuses. And mm-hmm. if you want it bad enough, you'll find the path. And part of this process for me, you know, is learning to love the process, learning right. to love the climb, man. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's part of my vocation and goal to finding uh, success for me is just doing things enjoyable every single day, providing value and living that balanced lifestyle. Yeah. And, and whatever it is I'm doing, I want to be excited about it so that other people see me getting excited so that motivates them to find what they're excited and, about. And along with that, we talked about the coaching model, like as, yeah. a, as a teacher being a coach. And, and I know you work a lot with this, but um, in a classroom going into in, – you know, the climb, sometimes we got to get the kid to the base of the cliff, you know, and say, hey, yeah. you know what, this is this is kind of how we kind of filter this off. So I think a lot of these young people really, they see everything out there and they're just overwhelmed because they don't, 
there's much more information out there now than oh, there yeah. was when we were. So um, yeah, having a coach is definitely important. Like yeah. learning to well figure out. You know, our, our part of our job is finding a way to structureize things and, and put protocols into place to teach kids to teach. Right, right. You know, and teach kids or teach people in general to be that coach because ultimately, like we, we find fulfillment when we're providing value to others and you see them grow. Right. I'm telling you, man, it's it's one of the things that fuels me every single yeah. day. Watching, you know, my students grow. Watching my clients grow because mm -hmm. I'm going on the journey with them. Yeah. I'm genuinely yeah. excited to go on a journey with them, whether yeah. it's a soccer season, whether it's a, a client that's just trying to get stronger and break some bad habits, or you know, kids in the classroom. Like I'm, <laughs> I, whatever it is I'm doing, dude. Yeah. I, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about those different uh, venues that I'm in, mm -hmm. and I'm excited that the message I'm preaching, which is you know trying to optimize our human everything. Right, right. Right. We want to try to enjoy as much as possible, but enjoying much as possible means that we have to, you know, learn that there are going to be some things that punch you in the mouth along the way. Right. And you got to love those moments just as much as you love the triumphant moments. You so know? That, that'll take us right into episode 12 with Steven Jackson, who's one of my favorite yeah. people. Steven Jackson talks a little bit about like understanding the self and bringing um, people's own stories into it. So let's take a look and we'll talk let's about Let's take a look one. at Steven Jackson. Mm -hmm. um. I think times have changed and I think even then they probably should have used that template but like you have to be and I can't stress it enough to build relationships with these with these young people in the classroom that you have in front of you in the traditional um, call and response um, the teacher uh, dictating and then falsifying information like what we have to do is change the curriculum because the information that we got was false Right, right. Like, it, and and I and we know this, and it's documented, and yet we still teach our kids. That's what. That's why. They, that's why they approach school the way they approach it because it's, they look at it like that didn't happen. Right. No, you're lying. So, mm -hmm. um, that's what I would do. I would start putting truth in schools, mm -hmm. uh, and you would, you would start empowering people with school. So there you have it. What do you think? Well, he first started talking about relationships and getting communication with kids and listening to them yeah. and, and, and really just, you know, learning every single day a little piece about them so that you can go about structuring whatever it is that, you know, the content, the way you're orchestrating a class, like better so that they can kind of buy into what you're selling, right. you know, and the more you ask them questions about, you know, their personal interests, what they like to do, you find what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are. Mm -hmm. And like, Again, like just like how I, I, I train clients and, and, and student athletes, whatever, like you go on a journey with them right, technically. Right. And I find that when they know that you're on that journey with them, they will respect you way more. They yeah. will follow the things that you want them to follow because they see it in you. Mm -hmm. Right. It's part of my thing. It's like you want to live a, a lifestyle that's inspirational to other people. Right. You know, like that that's part of that relationship building right there. Yeah. People see what I'm doing. I want to make them a part of it somehow, some way, mm -hmm. give them my expertise from my experience uh, and then bounce off ideas. If someone says, oh, I, I'm really interested in this, I try to find something from my life to kind of like make them relate yeah, to a little that empathy you know? for sure. Like, try to try to empathize. I think one of the interesting things here is like in in the fitness world, which you're you're in obviously uh, a bunch of different worlds, but yeah. like the fitness world versus the um, the world of teaching. Like teaching is like I'm just going to start the class off and start throwing curriculum at you. Mm -hmm. And there are teachers out there that do this. There's a lot of Tons. teachers out there. But um, if you came into that like not understanding, you know, body style or mental where, where people are in their physical fitness or, or, you know, how much do they want to lose or what kind of muscle do they want to gain? Definitely a lot of facts. You have to ask those questions first before you start building, right? Sure. It's the same thing in education. So yeah. you have to ask those questions. You have to see the lenses of everybody because the lens that I have is not going to be the lens that you have. It's not going to be the lens of Steven Jackson or anybody else. It's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. You know, it's not an easy thing to do. Sometimes, you know, the people get into teaching or get into education because there's that authoritative factor yeah. to it. Like, yeah. 
I know better. I'm the adult. You're the student. So you have to listen to me. Mm-hmm. But you know, the, the thing is that you know we're in changing times. Yeah. And if as, as adults, as educators, if we're not adjusting with the times, if we're not seeing the the shift in the the change of minds of the kids and the mm-hmm. way they're living life, then we're going to be lost. We're not going to find the most effective way to to be an influence to them and teach them right. something of value. Um, yeah, man. I, I just think we got to change with times. We got to understand that, and 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 again, continue that journey with the people and our colleagues too. Right, right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And like, share these things with colleagues. Not take mm-hmm. things so personally, and 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 grow as teachers. Because the second we we think we know it all it's is a, the yeah, day we that nothing. we yeah. yeah, it's the day we and die. Then, really, and then respect is is gone. Gone right? completely. So, so you got to be willing to be to be adaptable and change your mm-hmm. mind as things change. Like the last ten years, I keep saying this. We've learned more in the last ten than we've did in the last hundred. Right, right. And right. it's only that that's going to keep getting smaller and smaller. The next five years, we're going to learn more than we did in the last. You know, whatever. Yeah. So we got to be adaptable. We got to be ch- interchangeable. It's part of my niche too with the whole like movement, quiet practice, nutrition, mm-hmm. breath work, meditation, vo- purposeful vocation. Like the more all those things are in tune, like you can understand those things a little clearer. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a day to day thing. Right. Right. You know, it's not, you never get persistence, it perfect. Persistence, persistence, persistence. You never get I it mean. perfect. You got to keep adjusting. It's, it's tiring, man. It's- so a couple of ways to do this is actually uh, up and coming rap superstar Luke Gone is on my next episode yes. and uh, Luke talks a little bit about when he was in um, in college and working on projects so let's take a look at what Luke says engaging mm-hmm. like the most I've learned at college is when we're doing like group activities um, the other week in my business structure class we divided into different groups and we got to um, there was actually different levels of management bottom management middle and top and it was really fun to just try to work toward a common goal and see kind of learn how managers or how to properly manage people without while balancing how much you had to pay them while managing how well you have to treat them and I learned that money isn't everything Mm -hmm. people went on strike and stuff just when we offered them money so it it was I learned way more just um, hands-on and engaging and homework is good to really hammer things down but I think just too much can turn kids at the high school age off a little bit right. in my opinion yeah. um, so I just think really hands-on classroom engaging learning where kids are excited to go because they know they're gonna get to interact with their peers awesome. um, yeah that's that that would have been a high school that I would have loved to go to alright Luke puts it out there and tells us a little bit about hands-on learning. And he's, he's talking about college, and he was in a management course with me uh, as well and did very good with hands-on work, but talked a lot about in the episode, and you can t- take a look at it, um, talked a lot about like how just homework becomes monotonous. It's the same thing over and over, and it goes beyond just learning the basics. What are your thoughts on that? Well, homework is interesting because, like, if it's getting given every day, like, just kids look at it as, like, a task. Now, it depends on what the, the content is. If it's math, right. like, the homework is so that you can practice the skills. Right. You and know, when I, free throws, I Yeah. Say. When I teach driver's ed, the homework is practice, like, mm-hmm. the skills in the car with your parents because, like, the more you practice the skills, the more it becomes muscle memory and you can mm-hmm. kind of do these things instinctively. But, you know, you see kids copying papers constantly. Yeah, right. Right? You know, like, I did it when I was a kid. It was just like, I, I think it's good to give them an understanding of there's responsibility. Mm-hmm. You got to get this done at a certain time. But now, like, that's being taken away because there's a bunch of redos. Right. So, like, you can re- always retake it if you didn't get the grade you wanted. So, like, now I look at it from another perspective. It's like, what's the point yeah. of it? Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Um, I do think it has its benefits at times given the circumstance. Mm-hmm. But he talks about hands-on learning. And, and this is why I think it's important to do a bunch of things because you learn through experience. So, when I was a kid... Um, I worked for my dad's fish store. Mm-hmm. So what am I learning there? I'm learning how to talk to people. I'm learning how to handle money. I'm learning yeah, how to, right. you know, the customer's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm lear- learning how to give a, a service that's quality, a value to people so they keep coming back. You know, like, this is the stuff that I didn't think about while I was doing it. But in, in retrospect, now that I'm constantly interacting with right. people and building a network, yeah. like, those skills were something that I sharpened when I was 14. Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. I've con- continuously been sharpening since, you know, now I'm 30 years I, old. We always go back 
back to the you can't do a worksheet to learn how to ride a bike, right? I mean, it's the same thing. Like, yeah. but there is pieces of that. Like when you're when you're dealing with something, like say you have to, if those challenges come up, and you can actually write down responses to just kind of get the memorization going to where when it happens quickly and you need an answer quickly. Um, but te- technology is coming up on that. So uh, I like the way he talks about like you know, the, the project and everybody's working towards a goal. And by the way, he mentions in there that basically not everybody's the same on that team. So he brings a humanistic, um, you know, look to it. Yeah. He's, he's taking an account of how people respond to certain things, which is, uh, I think what, what Luke is saying there is definitely higher attuned. Like he's mm-hmm. being empathetic and showing yeah. compassion to other people. I think it's something that's overlooked. The way we communicate to each other really dictates how things start to kind of develop and grow. Right. right? We can't keep yelling at each other. Yeah. We can't talk to each other <laughs> in a negative light or yeah. else things aren't going to get accomplished. We're not going to grow to you know, as a group, we're not mm-hmm. going to grow as a community or a school or whatever it is. So like being cognizant of that and how to treat people and, you know, because not everyone's having a good day. We have to be mindful of that. Right. And, uh, you know, ho- hopefully things in wherever you are start to develop over time. But like being cognizant of, of, of how you treat people and right. communication with people is super just important. Just understanding other people. Yeah. And I will say just a quick shout out to Luke. I mean, if you just just go ahead and take a look at that episode, because at the end he does a quick wrap. Um, yeah, I was in that at the end <laughs> and it was horrible, but for Sorry, me, man. he did a great job. So, uh, check him out. Now, uh, we're going to go to Clayton Bertoletti. Um, Clayton actually starts to talk a little bit about the motivation behind doing some of this stuff. What are the incentives? So let's, let's take let's a look, take at, a look. at Clayton's. Bubble. Well, I think that something that could, in, I, I think incentivizing it sort of to a degree makes it a lot more engaging. Like if kids have something to be excited about mm-hmm. with, within school, you know, I think that like for me with the, the business management class, I got that position and then it was like, okay, now I have this position. So now I have some, I can take the ball, you know, and, and run with it. So mm-hmm. I think that if you could create some sort of way that would get people excited, you know, whether it be... I don't know, maybe something that, that seems to make sense in the real world. Because I think a lot mm-hmm. of people, especially in high school, are just like so sick of their studies because it doesn't seem to apply to anything that seems meaningful. Right. Like history class, math class, like people just, the thing you hear all the time is, how am I going to ever use this? Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. So I think that if things could be a little bit more current or based on real world things that are happening right now, I guess, that mm-hmm. might help. So Clayton kind of put it in, in an, uh, a piece where he was talking about what are the incentives and the incentives for him. And I, I'll tell you his story um, and, and everybody's out there. His story was basically, you know, he was disconnected in a management class. And then when we started the ginormous project at the end of it, he was actually voted as or hired as the leader. And when that happened, a switch went on in him and he was like, OK, wait. Now I can do this my way. So I feel like he didn't really understand the way that the whole class was before that moment was, yeah, you can build your own while you go through this curriculum. Now I'm in business curriculum, but he talks a little bit about like history and how does that connect and all these other other things. Yeah. So like with, you know, that's a question that a lot of kids ask. And I remember asking it too. It's like, why would I need to know this? <clears throat> and a, a lot, an answer that I got, which I thought was really interesting, was it gives you another way to think about things. And, you know, there's definitely something to that. Um, you know, you get yourself another way of thinking about whatever the content is. But now this guy gets in, in an opportunity to kind of lead the way he wants to lead. And he talks a little bit about getting people excited. Right, right. You know, and uh, I think every leader goes about that in a different way. Mm-hmm. You watch a bunch of coaches in the NBA or in the NFL or the English Premier League. They find ways to get their players excited to go and yeah. perform for them. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's the same thing in business or in a department. It's like you want to get your team excited about working for you right. and, like, the, the, the thing that is what's important here, what's the objective. Mm-hmm. It's not like, I need you to do this, I need you to do that. We right. Do that. Like, right. Or, That's or, what we do in school, though, right? It's it's, like, there's a lot of, like, <laughs> there's a lot of fear-based things. I don't want to blanket everybody. Right. Like, you know, um, it's good that we talk about this. Yeah. So, like, yeah. other people here, teachers, having these conversations, I think it's super important. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, it's like, how do you get your people that you're in charge of excited as mm-hmm. opposed to, like, how can I tell them what to do? Because right. then, like, you know, I've been part of teams where I wasn't excited for the leader. Right, right. right? Like, and I didn't yeah. want – I didn't 
care about going. I didn't want to do anything. It meant nothing to me. I didn't, and then when that happens, like I don't see a long-term future. So yeah, now my mind right. starts going somewhere else. Yep. And like that's not ultimately advantageous to the group. Right. So, um, you know, and I've been in leadership roles too. Mm-hmm. And I've made mistakes, but I've also had a lot of successes. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it all comes down to really how you uh, get your team excited or your right. people excited. And how excited are you for what you're doing? Exactly. Like maybe it's not a good role for you at the end if you're not getting your team excited and right. maybe you think it is but you're going down this path that's beating a dead horse and nothing <laughs> nothing is getting accomplished right right you know so like maybe it's time to reevaluate that but again those are things that are very overlooked mm-hmm. and you know when you have title and and, and, uh, and, and a salary that's 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 pumping you up it's right. like i'm the man and yeah. that's it but again times yep. change people yep. change information changes we got to be able to adapt and figure out new ways to keep things exciting and and, and even we'll go right into the next one with uh, sure. Christian Harris. Um, he talks, he talks uh, a little bit about like how you can see yourself in, in, in the curriculum. And if you can't, then you become disconnected. So mm-hmm. let's, let's take a look at his episode. Let's take a look. With me in school, there was always this disconnect. Um, it would, I would be sitting in history class and I would learn about American heroes and our founding fathers uh, that were people I was supposed to look up to, Mm -hmm. but that enslaved my ancestors, although that part was usually left out. Mm -hmm. Um, I would be sitting in science class and learning how to mix up chemicals and not understanding how it fit into a larger picture of my life, or even the example I just gave about being in English class and learning the great authors mm-hmm. um, like Shakespeare and not being able to see myself in the text and uh, really feeling I should have been learning uh, so, some other things. Mm-hmm. So as a high school student, I'm not sure I could have articulated that to right. you. You know, it might have played out in a bad grade on a test or acting up in the hallways or not doing my homework. But now looking back, I can say, I was disconnected, very disconnected with how school fit into my larger life and where I was trying to go and even what I was doing on a day-to-day basis. All right, Christian said something that resonates with so many students. If they don't see themselves in the curriculum or how it fits in with who they are or what they're about or with anything in reality, kind of the way Clayton said it, you, you become disconnected. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude, that's that's interesting, man. Um, we've got to find a way to, I mean, we got to find a way first to connect to people, but then mm-hmm. also it's like give, find different ways to to have kids think about how they can fit in in different roles. Right, Cause, right. Because, you know, like you don't really know how you could add value if you don't have experience. Right. So like right. – Part like leading those types of things, especially with kids, and we're, you know the end goal is we, we want to teach kids to think critically. Right. So trying different things, putting yourself or visualizing yourself, imagining yourself in different roles, the mm-hmm. managerial role, or maybe you're the Robin to Batman role, right. and that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're this, maybe you're that, but you don't know until you visualize yourself in that situation. I think a lot of teachers um, need to do, including myself, constantly improving, but need to really like understand like the lenses of everybody in the class and seek out those lenses right and that's the relationship part but also then ask the questions okay so we're learning about x y and z how do you see x y and z what are your thoughts on x y and z and also making it a safe place for people to actually say that that's huge i mean those are those are the hardest things to do as a teacher you got 25 30 31 kids in your class 48 minutes uh, at a time 48 minutes at a time so there's a lot of structural damaging things that are out there for students to do that but what i like about what christian is saying is that I, he people don't articulate this when they're that young you know we were talking off camera here about a job you had when you were 14 mm-hmm. like you didn't know the skills you were getting you were getting them and then later on you're like figured it out mm-hmm. um i think we can articulate that better not to you know bash your old man for the the uh let's the bash him. <laughs> let's bash but, away uh, no a lot of, a lot but of you see what i'm saying like yeah. like like but you know in that moment, like I like to tell the story that here's where this fits in with you right now, potentially. You're not going to see it now, but if you constantly say that message, I don't know. I think Christian had a, a, a very good point. Here. For sure, man. Like, And that's part of the teacher's job to kind of like recognize these things in their kids. Right. That's also, again, not an easy thing to do. Like, yeah. I have a student who is like just 
her the DNA of of uh, this person is to teach. Yeah, and like you can tell, like Mr. C, can I show this kid how to do this? Can I show this kid how to do that? Like mm-hmm. they recognize they're having trouble. How can I figure out a way? And this kid is thinking, how can I figure out a way to add value to this kid? Like right. naturally, at yeah. 15 years old, yeah, it's like whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so like I recognize that, and I'm like, you have what I had when I was little. Yeah, you know, yeah. like this natural inclination to like add value to somebody's life or like be be there to, to scaffold their learning. Right. It's like, oh, okay, but maybe they didn't see that. But now that I told them that, maybe it's other thoughts going in the direction of how can I teach this? How can I get into this direction? Or how can I go in that direction? And maybe right. it's not teaching at all. Maybe it's like they're good with their hands mm-hmm. or maybe they're, they're really good at following directions or keeping things organized. Whatever it is, like build off one of those kids' strengths and then you'll see the area it kind of goes into. Yep. And not just kids. But like if you're managing a staff of people, like, yeah. like adults, right. whatever. And I think with adults, it may be and with kids too. It doesn't matter. It's it's, it's difficult because you got to manage ego, you got to manage yep. communication, you got to talk about or manage the way you talk to people about things, and, mm-hmm. and all that. Like there's so much that goes into right. that. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very challenging job. Definitely. However, I think we still can do better at, at understanding people, right? So what you were kind For of sure. talking about there. Um, going into different directions and there there seems to be this one standard look you go from high school to this next you know college and then you go here and and that seems to be the path that everybody wants to take our next video dino andrews um who is uh a huge oak parker and a and, a, and a, just a, a great guy uh talks a little bit about his path and and a little bit about how the difference of paths should be let's yeah, take a look let's go play a large role in what that path looks like. So it shouldn't be the regular path shouldn't be graduate from high school and go to college. Mm-hmm. And it also shouldn't be take a gap year or two and then go to college. It should be what are you suited for? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of students here that are suited for, you know, university, master's degrees, PhDs, MDs, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's other students that are they have an aptitude for mechanical things and mechanical engineering and there's some that just are they just want to be hands-on, be a carpenter and mm-hmm. you know go into a union and, and build houses and they're all valid and they're all valuable mm-hmm. and so I think the idea of setting kids up with the pressure that you have to go to a four-year college right after you graduate is almost setting a lot of kids up for failure because right. they're just not ready for it so Dino hit it on the head um, kind of where my disrupt education comes in um, everybody high school four-year high school four-year not always the right path Um, As a matter of fact, in his interview, if you look at it, uh, he will tell us, um, he told the viewers, he took eight years before he went into college. He's very successful, a great consultant, um, does a lot of work for the community. Um, What do you think? Man, uh, (laughs) the right path, the wrong path, like he touches on like kids and having different skills. Uh, You know, I think, look... A lot of people, they go to college because it's what they think they have to do. It might be the right thing for them. It may not be the right thing. The unfortunate thing is like, you know, we talked and we looked at Bennett's, mm-hmm. Bennett's uh, we looked uh, forward to his. Yeah. Like, it could be a really big financial mistake. It's $1.7 trillion in college debt, right? And, th- and that's 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 really an issue. Like, it, sh- it shouldn't be so damn expensive. Right. It shouldn't, that, that's the one, like, I don't think we'd be having this conversation about college if it's the right or wrong thing, if it wasn't so damn expensive. Right, right. You know, if it was something like in Europe where it's like 5000 yeah. 7000 8000 whatever it is, like... Go to four-year school. Like yeah, in, right. enjoy. Like there's so much that you can do at a four-year school, and people that you can meet, and things that you can do, and create opportunity. Like, like you went to college, I went to college. Yeah. It was part of what we need to do to become an educator and be a teacher in the system. Uh, and I've had, I you know, I had a great time in college. But before I found the college that was right for me, I made those financial mistakes. Right. Like, I went to a school that wasn't right for me, and then mm-hmm. I took a few years off, and I I went into you know the personal training field, and I learned a lot, and right. I took things. Uh, day at a time, year mm-hmm. at a time, and, and you kind of just, you're honest with yourself and you grow and you, you say, I want to go through this and maybe that, that thing is college. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think I think that's what I love about this interview with Dino is because he does talk about his path and he was like, I did this and I learned this and I did this and I learned this and by this, he hit a, a spot where he felt um, it, it intellectually he was hitting a, a space where he he needed to learn more mm-hmm. and that's when he decided to go to college 
right? It wasn't less, you know, when you're 17, 18 years old or even 16 now because they're trying to get people to think about it. Mm -hmm. And we'll see that in the next one. But he like, take your time because it's not a race. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that was the... Take the, your time is so important because everyone yeah. grows at their own pace, man. Like with the fitness thing and the college thing, I don't think I went to college. And this sounds so sad. <laughs> but I didn't go to college so that I could learn more. Right. Like, I don't think I was a good teacher at the end of my four years of teaching in, or of graduating college. Mm -hmm. Like, I got, I went to college to jump through all the hoops. And I know yeah. that sounds really bad, but like, there's so many hoops you have to jump through to be a certified teacher in Illinois. Right. And right. It, yeah. it gets a little bit more hectic and the, the tests you got to pass and it's, yeah. and it's a business, right? Mm -hmm. It's no different than, you know, the SATs and the ACTs. Like, that's, that's yeah. unfortunately a business. It's thing, a business. Yeah. You know? And I don't, honestly, I don't, I didn't learn a ton about teaching i learned a lot about the structure of everything right you know right. um the 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 loops that you got to jump through really mm -hmm. is what i've learned and then you know i played football and i got to i got to meet a lot of people in college i had a job where i was getting connected with a whole bunch of people and it's serving me today right yeah. you know like i worked in a gym in oak park mm -hmm. you know i had goals set for myself like specific goals that i was working towards like student teaching at oak park was one of them and yeah. getting a job there eventually was one of them mm -hmm. building up a fitness business was one of them playing football was one of them and like you know, you, you, when you say you're going to do something, you do it. You meet people when you say you're going to meet them. Yeah. You deliver when you say you're going to deliver. And right. you build a reputation with people. And like little by little, people realize, hey, that guy's reliable. Yeah. Hey, this guy's reliable. Yeah. And then, you know, you could kind of use those things to your advantage in right. whatever ways that you see or visualize your yourself going in which direction. So like, you know, I learned all that outside yeah, of college right. while I was in college. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? I think, um, um, you know, going going to, we'll, we'll, we'll look at uh, Bennett's, but he talks about that and that message that you're saying right there is something that is muddled at the high school level. And and I don't think kids are getting that that message. Let's, t let's take a look let's at, take a at look Bennett's. Bennett. Bennett's a special kid. When... I had my first college meeting at the school as a junior. I went to one of the computer labs. We all sat down. We went straight into the process of like applying, Naviance, all this stuff. What is FAFSA? What is all this? There wasn't really any talk unless you sought it out about your other paths. And I really think they need to give these students other ideas. Because I've seen with people who are older than me and people who are in my same grade who are just going to college just for the sake of going, where they're kind of given this notion through assimilation of everybody in these, these grade levels where, all right, I just finished high school, so I guess it's time to go to college. When in reality, it's a huge investment into your future. And if you don't take it seriously, it can very potentially harm you. Let me start by saying this, though. Like, this is one of the cool paradigms of being an educator mm -hmm. and, and being a teacher is, you know, when I was student teaching, I, I taught Bennett when yeah. he was a freshman. Yeah. And then to see this, you know, years later and how he's like so articulate. And, right. You know, like he's using his words properly and he's he's thinking critically like he's right. raising awareness to these things which is i think is it's important to see that manifest over time it's mm -hmm. it's really cool and, and it's it's one of the the really cool things about being a teacher and fuels me every single day right um but i mean you know going into as a junior you're shoveled into this room all right maybe not shoveled maybe it's a little harsh but <laughs> like you're everybody has to go into Naviance or whatever the college thing is, right? And it's supposed to be career, but it never is. And basically what he's saying is no one's asking questions here. No one's saying, oh, there's a different path for you here. You you need to get yourself into a list of 20 different colleges. You need to get five letters of recs and let's get this done today, you know? That's the experience that I've seen in a lot of schools. I've taught in four different schools. Every single one of them have this experience. Yeah. I mean, it's, again, it's part of the process. It's part of a business, unfortunately. And, you know, it does provide kid opportunity uh, opportunities. Uh, again, it's just super expensive. And it could really uh, cost. I'll go back to it. $1.7 trillion in debt. Yeah. It's, it's messed up, man. Um create your own struggle there's options create your own journey you have different ways to go about it and you know calm and you know 
I think this is a process that adds a lot of anxiety and stress to, be, yes. to, to kids, yeah. even though it is an opportunistic thing. Right, right. Um, it's a good, it's a good thing to kind of like ha- go through to kind of just uh, you know see if it's your thing, if mm-hmm. it's not. But you know, hopefully, they don't get the the whole financial uh, mishap and right. go into to huge debt because then. You're like a slave to that, and I think that's unfortunate. I think I think that part is left out. I don't I don't hear a lot of people at the high school level actually talking. Like when I see somebody with a picture of a cap and gown, and they're getting their bachelor's degree, they're getting their master's degree, or whatever, I see a dollar sign. Honestly, and it's not the right thing to see and good for this person because they accepted the challenge and they got through it. Mm -hmm. But why does that have to be the challenge? And basically for me, like how much is that person in debt? Because we know, I don't know, 80% of those uh, other people who go into college are going to come out with debt. And that that might be a low percentage. You know, it's an investment you make in yourself. And at the end of the day, debt is debt. Everyone is going to be in some form of debt, I think. ROI you know? is what I'm talking about. Yeah. What is the return on investment? Right. We definitely want to look at ROI. Um, you know, and that's part of the journey. It's part of the struggle. Like, mm-hmm. don't, I mean, be be wise about this. I'm going to be right. very frank with kids. Like, be wise about it. If you have parents that can can contribute to this then you know and, and that's okay it's not like this where they're putting out a second mortgage on the house like right. like my parents are blue collar people mm-hmm. they didn't have a ton of money i made a lot of my decisions based on my parents income right you know and like i i'm not gonna say suffered i had a good life i was mm-hmm. very loved and very you it's know not over man starting. <laughs> <laughs> growing up you know like yeah. i had i was very fortunate i wasn't like privileged like crazy like i didn't go on tons of vacations and right you know but we did we had enough like we did our thing and, and uh my, I, I didn't. I knew that paying for college wasn't in like the cards for me. Right. I knew that loans were going to be the thing, yeah. and you know I'm still paying but, it but, back. But you realize that before you win, and I think there's a lot of students who don't realize that this is going to be X amount, or when they when they sign the FAFSA document that they're like, I'm done. And I've I've heard students say this, and we can talk about this a little bit more later. But like students will say, Yeah, you know what? I'm getting I'm getting a huge like FAFSA loan. It's all covered, mm-hmm. and it's like no, 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 it's not covered. Not covered. Like you have to pay. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's a lot of misconception. And then there's like this. loan forbearance and then forgiveness. Like yeah. if you're a teacher, they say that after ten years. But then there's stipulations. Like right. I'm pretty sure that you have to make an X amount of payments over X amount of years and be yeah. teaching in a certain district in a certain area for. X amount of time before that stuff gets forgiven. <laughs> right. It, right. it does get forgiven at sometimes, yeah. but at sometimes you're not. And you're right. stuck paying it. So hopefully, like whatever profession you go into, you know, I hear this with, with kids that want to go into business, mm-hmm. university for business. Yeah. You know, I don't really know what kind of business I want to go yeah, into. Yeah. Like you have to invest money in a business. <laughs> yeah, right? there's so many things they need to know before they walk into those doors. Because yeah. why am I going to pay the first couple of years? A twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars to find out what kind of business I want to do. I got a better way. Yeah, man. we'll talk about let's that. Let's talk later. about that. <laughs> so, sure. um, let's go into uh, Juanita. Juanita's got a different look at education, and she basically talks about how um, how other students really need. It goes back to that lens thing and, and understanding uh, different people and being exposed to different things. So, let's take a look Stay at look Juanita. Juanita earlier but I'm just super super thankful for my major and the things that I've learned about people and about decision making and creating ideas to persuade or even just support or understand even Um, not even specifically to drive revenue but just awareness you know it's not all about just sort of like the making money aspect so I want to say I would go back into it wanting to be just like more aware and understanding of like other people of myself mm-hmm. of what I want to do and like the future all right more on empathy there what do you what do you think what do you think about what Juanita was saying there uh, I think Juanita basically what she was saying is like you have to be honest with yourself yeah right you have to be honest with what you want the direction you want to go in the life you want to live she talked about the future mm-hmm. right and that that comes with like Really being honest with what fulfills you and, and knowing yourself and how you want to grow ultimately. Right. You know? Um, so I think that's what she was talking about. And looking back at it, probably going into college, like she wanted to understand that a little bit more. It's mm-hmm. hard for an 18 year old to 
to do that because yeah. they're raging with hormones. Yeah. They they do natural human things and like they want to show superiority over each other. Yep. Like this yep. is how we've evolved. And um, you know, we gotta look at uh, instead of instead of like putting ourselves in like these divisions and separating ourselves, like, we gotta understand that we're all human. We all are looking for the same things to be accepted, to be loved, and mm-hmm. adding value to each other yeah. with our vocation. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's how we're gonna grow as a people, as a society, as humanity. Um, no matter where you come from, what you believe in, what cultures you are, we are human mm-hmm. and we're all looking for love, man. And just and building each other up. Building each like, other up. What, that's huge. Yeah. I think I think in high school, I don't think there's enough curriculum it's it's competition but i think this is the name of the game right it's it's a it's a zero sum game i win you lose and i and i feel like you know if if we're going to change education we get we got to we have to change it to be kind of individualistic where you be your best person i'll be my best person and by the way while we do that we help each other be our best group yeah Definitely, but again, that's that's hard to understand, mm-hmm. especially when you lack perspective. Yeah, you know, a lot of times it's I want that promotion over you. Right, I want to make more money over you. Yeah. and you know, I want to have that girlfriend or boyfriend or mm-hmm. whatever it is. You know, and status, and you know, yeah. there's so much that is attractive to the egotistical human that right. that will separate us. But at the end of the day, man. Like if you're bringing people down to kind of get yourself in or undercutting people, like you're not gonna be happy, right? And you're not gonna get what you want, right? Right. You know. Um, I mean, like you said, the. I mean, even starting this one almost goes all the way back to to I don't know episode eleven with this crazy guy. Uh, the <laughs> she does talk about it's not just about money. I mean, she said it there too, right? Like it's it's more about understanding and 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 somewhere along the way we've we've lost that. I'll tell you this, man. If you can keep working on yourself every single day and working on how you can provide value to others, the money's going to come. Yeah, yeah. Period. Bottom line, and period. not not just money, but like living optimally. Yeah. You know, because if you're not true to yourself from the get-go mm-hmm. and you go down this path of, I don't want to say a lie, but like something you're not being honest with, it's going to manifest itself in some ugly way right. in in. Uh, and it's going to be something that you're going to have to deal with right. eventually. Maybe yeah. not right away. Maybe not but, short yeah. term. But it's mm-hmm. going to come up, man. Yeah. It's going to come up somewhere. It's a yin yang, man. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, money again plays a role. You have to fund yourself, but mm-hmm. it is not everything. It's not everything. You know, and how much money do you actually need? You'll get what do they say? Ninety thousand, eighty thousand yeah. yeah. is. And and you know, if you're making forty thousand, you're in the top three percent or whatever. Yeah. But if you're making like after ninety thousand, it doesn't matter. Right. Like you can still live that consistent lifestyle. We're not going to be getting jets and going over to Dubai all the time, but like be we, nice. we could, yeah, yeah. kind of be fun, right? And you, and you could set yourself up, but yeah. You, if you yeah. wanted to do if that, you wanted you, to do it, yeah. You, you can, you, you move it, yeah. right? But so. like, it isn't everything. Like I said, you, you follow your heart. You're honest with yourself. You help value. You add value to people. The money's going to come. So this this takes us into Jonathan Beach. Um, Jonathan is an amazing individual. Um, he wrote at the end of this episode. Uh, this next episode, check out the full episode. He wrote a beautiful poem about how it was a spoken word poem about how he basically pulled himself out of a mindset. Right. Mm, um, but huge. this this piece here is something that goes into it, it's it's how somebody could be like put into a damaging mindset. So mm-hmm. he gets a little bit a um, little bit serious about choosing favorites in the classroom let's let's take a look at jonathan let's take a look at jonathan based this off of what i saw when i was in high school when i saw in high school was sometimes the teachers would play favorites to some students and then leave the other students out i would feel i i I think there should be more equality in the classroom so everyone can get the same opportunity instead of just focusing on one student. That when when I picked that piece to show it was it was something that that is was harsh because Jonathan um, a lot of that came from his spoken word club and they were picking of favorites mm-hmm. and you see this a lot. It's easier sometimes to teach a kid that that is like you and and or you know it's easier in the classroom sure. they'll, they'll just put their head down and do the notes and make sure life easier mm-hmm. um i've always tried to look for the opposite honestly and i'm not here patting myself on the back it's just what i enjoy doing you okay, can I'll uh, thank you 
Um, but this this is something where I think some of the mindsets of our young can get into, you know, get in their own way. They start thinking, okay, I'm not good enough. Um, why? It, what makes that person better than me? And then the co- competition level gets to a point where we start damaging each other. What are your thoughts on that in the classroom? Oof, yeah, I know so I just much, loaded that one on. There's <laughs> so much to unpack there. Um, I mean, picking favorites. I, I don't want to like put. I don't want to paint a picture with a broad brush here. But there, there, there are teachers that approach things differently. Right. Whether they, they're teaching to, to somebody who's more like them or whatever, it's our obligation as, as educators to, to, to connect with each kid. I don't, right. I don't care yeah. you know, like what it takes. You've got to connect somehow, some way, whether it's just a hello, whether you've got a secret handshake, or mm-hmm. whether there's something you know that kid gets lit up when you talk yeah. about, whatever yeah. it is. Like throw that piece in there because it starts to build confidence. Mm -hmm. You know, it's part of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. The ultimate goal is to become Mm self-actualized. Figure out a way that you can create something and add value, like what we're doing right right here, right? Right. Like we're doing something passionate. It's great. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and we work on it every day. But now, you know, part of our job is to like instill the confidence in each kid to figure out what that is in their life or how it's going to pertain in their life. So Mm -hmm. finding those pieces little by little is something that every teacher is obligated to do right you know and after you get tenured and you're making x amount of dollars like you can kind of just be like oh, i don't give a shit right you know, what's, I'll do, the what's my anymore? motivation right, anymore right. but here's the motivation mm-hmm. our freaking future of people yeah okay yeah. like we have to understand that we have a superpower yeah the way yeah. we speak to people the way we speak to kids will change the trajectory of their life mm-hmm. whether you think it is or whatever you think you are or you're not right and there's a million things that can play a factor but you could be that soul piece yep. that really speaks to the soul of that individual that lights them up to go on this crazy path i know i try to do that every single day right because right. why i'm let up yeah, yeah, yeah. You got, you, I, and I know yeah. it. I know it shows. I don't give mm-hmm. a shit who believes me or not, because I know <laughs> right. it shows in in what I'm doing with my business, with mm-hmm. with with coaching, and I know that. And, and the way I, I structure my, myself, and again, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I just want to lead by example. Right. right. And I'm not perfect. I make mistakes constantly. Yeah. But it's part of our obligation. We have to figure out and like help them navigate what lights them on fire. You, you know that's what? what I think, and right? along with that, you're like, I'm not perfect, and that's that's the humbleness. I think that. As, as educators and in the system, we need more of. Um, I've made mistakes with students. I've yelled at students. I've probably marginalized students. You're I human. know I have. You get emotional. And, but here's the best thing to, that, that I learn out of that is when I go to that student later on and I apologize and I say, look, you know what? I, I was harsh on you or, you know, tell, tell me how else I can help you because I, I'm just getting frustrated because blah, blah, blah. And I'm not perfect. And, and admitting your failures in front of students, like if, if somebody told Jonathan, look, man, if they, they listened or maybe even observed, like, you know what, he's he's kind of being out here in the corner and no one's really talking to him. You, you, you have to be like, you know what, Jonathan, I'm kind of seeing you pull away. Let's, you know, let's, I'm probably part of that, and that's my. Every time as a teacher, I always say that I'm I'm part of this. Yeah, for sure. So because we're in the room together. Yeah. Right, and then you start to figure things out, and then 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 you start to build that confidence. Definitely, so. man. I think it's part it's part of being a leader. Yeah. You, know, you got to admit your faults, and it's part of growing. It's part of being a better teacher. Like you got to like you're human. You're going to make mistakes, and you right. got to acknowledge them. And then I think that's a connection piece. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because then the kid sees, oh, you're human too. You're mm-hmm. a real person. You really are thinking about my best interests. Right. So it's a good way to build relationships. I think. So we're gonna we're gonna pivot into the last episode, number pivot. twenty. Um, number twenty is Professor Daryl Allen, uh, a very good friend of mine. And uh, if you couldn't do this, he would be sitting here. Just, just. <laughs> but you're number one, bro. Uh, but as a father coming into looking at what our children are going to see at the next level and demanding, as as um, you know, a taxpayer and as a person who puts money into a system, mm-hmm. let's just watch this clip. Let's and watch it. We'll end this whole thing uh, after this. Daryl Allen. Daryl Allen. The system won't move unless we move it. So what I hope to see in those years is that our children, they learn skills that make them more curious and make them more creative. Because as 
our kids become more creative and more curious, they're going to challenge what goes on in their classrooms. They're going to challenge what the expected outcomes are. And the system will move from the inside out the same way that a balloon is blown up by pushing and forcing air in so that the structure looks different, mm -hmm. not because you asked the structure to change, but because you forced the information, the air into the balloon, therefore it must change. So I, I, that's what I see for our, uh, our children, because as our children follow their dreams, as they learn how to be disciplined, as they learn how to read and research for themselves, the project-based learning will give them the questions. And now we can give them the resources to find the answers. And those who find the answers first, Singapore, those who find the answers first, India, those who find the, earth, the answers first, the United States, as we do that, we set what the tone is. And it's one thing to try to transform the world for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's another thing to say, are our children being transformed and are they being part of the transformation? So my hope is that, uh, you know, probably similar to you, mm -hmm. my son could read before he went to school. Mm -hmm. My son could do math at a very high level before he went to school. I don't want to slow down his progress by putting him in school. Mm -hmm. Right, right, <laughs> and, isn't that crazy? Like... I, I don't, and I don't want to slow down anyone's life chances by putting them in an environment where the structures tell them you're going to be less than because mm -hmm. we're not ready for you to be more than. We are going to slow you down because we're not ready for you. Mind blown, dude. That is my vision right there. That is why I do what I do. That is why I feel we need to disrupt education. Yes. Um, listen, here's the thing, though. We have to be intelligent in the way we go about this because if we shake up the system too much, the system will crush us. And it usually takes time for systems to change. It takes a long time, longer right. than we want it. That's right, why right. we are who we are. And we're trying to make mm -hmm. a difference. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, I really think that we have to go about this uh, intelligently and um, wow it's I, I don't want like he said he said I don't want to slow my son's progress by putting him in this environment right that's slowing right. him down it's it's these are these are words of wisdom that make people think but then again man like I said the system takes time to change mm -hmm. and we just got to find subtle ways we have to find innovative ways so that we could you know start to change things little by little I think right. I think we're doing that I think we're doing that and, and you know I, we we want to be like naturally we're outcome oriented. Right. We talk about the climb, we talk about the journey. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, keep doing conversations like this. Keep keep putting it out there little by little. And like you see, kids like Bennett and yeah, the next generations, right. they're gonna they're, ask they're those starting, questions. Yeah, and and they're gonna be the ones running shit in a little while. Right, right. You know, so. Uh, I'm an optimist, man. I'm usually very optimistic about how things roll. And, you know, if people like you are at the helm and, you know, I, I'll, I'll figure out a way to make my my <laughs> impact, you know, as I go, whether that's in education or, or whether that's, you know, business, teaching fitness, whatever it is, you know. Right. Um, like, things are going to change. Right. You know. And, and you know, I think. There are. They're changing. And already. thank you for saying that because for me, like, it's. I get so excited about this yeah, stuff. Yeah, I know you do. It's, and that's why good. we work well together because I'm just like, I'm going to put the pedal to the metal and you're like, wait a minute, we got to put a little bit of gas in the car, right? Like, I'm, a, I'm an auto guy, so I always say... I'm a know, driver ed teacher too. Uh, well, yeah, there you yeah, go, so right? At least so. well, I like to say coast. <laughs> coast, coast. Coast. You know, apply pressure to the right. brake if you have to and then gas it up <laughs> when you need to. So, but but well, well, what I see, even for my children, I know Daryl's doing this with, with his child as well, is yeah, you, you know what? Our kids are going to be part of the system, but outside of that system, I'm going to teach my kid the the Uber way. And and I think here's here's why I'm so passionate about this because of the people out there who are struggling, marginalized. Um, there's a lot of isms. Um, those those individuals who don't have the the moms and dads like we are or like we have. Um, 
that's that's why I get extremely passionate about this. Yeah. I, I think when a paradigm shift happens, and it's happening in education, you're right. It's um, and Slowly, we do ha- sure. we do have to go about this in a smart way. Um, but when I see it happening, I see an opportunity. I, do, I it's another way to e- not erase the past, but to to clear the slate and let's start over and let's it can become equal fit, right? Not not equal opportunity. It becomes equal fit. Hmm. So equal fit is where a lot of uh, everybody actually fits into the, whatever they're learning, and then they they learn that way. It's it's a huge concept. It's it's way it's before its time. It's interesting. But, yeah. It's interesting because you know, like, there's going to be a lot of individuals that put a lot of effort, and there's going to be a lot of individuals who don't put as much effort. So right. the outcome isn't going to be the same. Right. But you know what? Every individual is going to be creating their own path. Exactly. You know, and I think. That should be. The, I mean, that's the premise of equal fit. Yeah, you know what I'm right. saying. Um, man, yeah, that's an interesting topic. Again, going about this, you know, like, uh, intelligently is going to be key because I'm a passionate individual myself, yeah. and that's why I like being around you because yeah, yeah. I feed off that energy. <laughs> but you know, I've learned that it could rub people the wrong way sometimes in my life. Oh, yeah. I know, I no, know that does. I can come it off does. very strong yeah. about things, and I don't like the last thing I want to do is turn somebody off to about to the things that I'm about to, to preach and the things that I feel strongly. Mm -hmm. you know so I realized that people come around at their own time Mm -hmm. and you know if you just stay consistent with your message and you you stay calm with your message that little by little it will (laughs) infiltrate the system because the people that we're talking to they're going to be the ones running the show oh yeah right right I mean there's there's 10 people here including yourself I'll throw you in there that are going to be like running like they're going to be leaders in the industries that are next right I mean, you see it here. Um, what are some common, like two or three common themes out of the the last ten episodes we saw? Uh, passion, like finding yourself, doing the things that you love, <clears throat> making every day feel like Saturday. Like, <laughs> right, I, I, right. I'm a huge advocate of that because there's a lot of kids that fall into the rut of, oh, it's Monday and this yeah. is stupid, <laughs> or it's like, why, wait, why don't you change today? Because it's Monday, I hate it. <laughs> right. And it's like, oh, why, why? Why aren't you going to do things today? It's Friday. Oh, it's Friday. I'm going to take a day off. So right. like this mindset is, yeah. is we're living for the weekend. Right. It's dead. Just living for the day. Get yeah. up and go. Yes. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think that that's mm-hmm. something. Um, understanding the pros and cons of the or the, the understanding the different journeys that you can take that yeah, are out right. there that you right. have. Um, I think that's something that that we've touched on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think, you know. Like we're talking about mentorship, we're talking right. about communication, we're talking about uh, collaboration. Mm-hmm. You know, building each other up. Right. right, right. I think that's ultimately what we're trying to mm-hmm. do here with this. Right. We see this system that is is failing a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's not really providing them with a ton of skills. It is, but it isn't. Right. You know, like enough to where we have to ask these questions. Right. So at the end of the day, we're trying to like grow our society. Right. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, we're we're sitting here together, right. trying to find an alternative. System here so that we can better humanity, we can better people, right? Exactly. And uh, I think that's what this takeaway is. And um, you know, we got to be patient. Mm-hmm. We got to, we just got to keep consistent with our message. And you know, I I, I, I want to preach that to, to kids too. Like, be consistent with what you want to do. And right. if it's if it's if it's not what you want to do, then be honest with yourself and mm-hmm. change the direction. Like you can. Right. Right. You know, we live in the best time ever to be alive. Right, right. 2019, going into 2020, you know, we're learning more. uh, We got to learn to be more connected with each other. I think Mm -hmm. that's another thing that we talked about connection, connection to each other, connection to a. To the, the earth, connection to uh, di- you know different kinds of people, connection mm-hmm. to the work that we do, the products we make, the things we say, yeah. hold, e- hold ourselves accountable, hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. I think this is these are all really important things. Live an honest life, uh, give, and and it, you know we have the more you, the more you do. When, when it comes to preaching a positive message, it has these ripple effects. Like right. when you inspire somebody yeah. that then they're over a course of their lifetime, they're going to know a thousand people that they're going to impact. Mm-hmm. And whether you think you did or not, you've yeah. played a role in impacting that thousand people. Mm-hmm. So if you do something negative to impact somebody like that can have a negative ripple and it could be an issue in your life eventually. But, you know, if you keep doing the positive, if you keep preaching your same uh, you know, loving, uh, passionate message. You know, things are going to work out. Finance, financially, it'll work out. Right. You'll attract the right people. You'll attract the right opportunities. You'll you'll They're make learning. you'll 
right? You're learning, learning you're yeah. growing, you'll make something of yourself right. eventually. Don't be so focused on the outcome. <laughs> be more focused on the journey and the process and, right. and take the punches and, and be happy about the punches and the adversity just as much as, as you are about the, the promotions and the successes right. exactly. because those are sharpening your tools, man. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to see that in a time that it's, it's happening yeah. to you. It's really hard to see that, you know, you get ripped from a teaching job. It's right. like, oh my God, it's the end of the world. I yeah. hate teaching forever. Right. And I've went down that road. But like, you know, it, it helped me so much learn about the next thing and, and the process. And, the, you know, those are those are the things like like those ups and downs. I've, I've seen it before. Like if and they show the the kind of heart monitor, like if you're not up and down in life, um, you're dead. <laughs> right. Because it's a it's a flat it's line. I saw that on my Instagram uh, earlier today. But um yeah, overall, I think all these guests talked about those things. They talked about, you know, look, we we're, we need to understand people better and then just basically learn how to lift each other up. And you know what? Money isn't the outcome, man. Fulfillment is. So Fulfillment, purpose, yeah. value, and, you know, you do all those things, the money will come. You just got to be right. responsible about it right. and, and, you know, look at it in an intelligent way. And, you know, hopefully you learn every day excellent excellent dude this is awesome thank you thank you Danny uh, check him out we'll put all his stuff underneath Danny Um, Cola Fitness Danny Cola Podcast DannyCola.com Steel Mace Oak Park Uh, it's all here man yeah, man. Like this, it's turning. I mean, it's just like, again, I'm doing my thing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm rolling with the punches and like, listen to the message that I say. It's the yeah. same shit every yeah. time. And like, I'm, I'm doing my thing and I'm building up students, businesses. Students are lucky to have you either as a fitness coach, a mentor, a teacher, and especially a driver's ed teacher. I feel a little safer. So uh, it means a lot, man. It means yeah. a lot coming from you. Like I work hard at this every day and I'm not perfect. And yeah. I want to be the best version of me every single day. And you know, I'm not all the time. And it's, yeah. it's I get tired and we I all I, do. You know, all, I don't yeah. want to sometimes I don't want to do this this anymore. Like I just want to <laughs> relax and like watch TV and eat shit shitty food. Like that's normal and, and it's okay. Like when that's the time, like rest. Yeah. But then when you're done. Get your ass up. Yeah, you know, go. get up early. Do your routine. Find your thing. Write your stuff down. Visualize your goals. Do your breath work. Exercise. Eat quality. Be around the right people. Like all that is important to understanding yeah. like the information that's coming at you. Yeah, and that's that's a perfect way to end this throwback. Sweet. I want to thank all the guests that yeah. were on uh, episodes eleven through twenty. Uh, another throwback will be coming out soon. Thank you so much, Absolutely. Dude, you're an inspiration to me. Thank Thank you for having me, and I'm glad to be here. All right, guys. Keep disrupting. We'll see you next time. Disrupt.